Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. This week, we continue on in our We Want to See Jesus series by looking at the book of, wait for it, Leviticus. I hope you're as excited as I am. This book of the Bible, a lot of times, it's a tough one to get through. We're going to see Jesus today in Leviticus in a super powerful way. Leviticus 16, Great Day of Atonement. I'm excited to share this amazing chapter of the Bible with you. Samantha was exhausted. She was working on her education degree and it was taking its toll. She was student teaching, supervising a dorm, involved in a bunch of groups on campus. You look at her planner, it's color coordinated like a Picasso painting. It was so intricate, so precise, down to the minute. But no matter what time of day it was, morning, noon, night, nothing but that tired look in her eyes, stress and exhaustion setting in. It's really a stress scenario we all can relate to, whether we're in college or not, whether you're retired or working, we know what tiredness and stress feels like, especially as Americans. I saw an article this week entitled, The U.S. is the most overworked developed nation in the world. And had some crazy facts, like we work on average 435 hours more a year, in a year, than workers in Germany. 435. And we're the only industrialized country in the world that has no legally mandated annual leave. But then, as crazy as those things are, the article really hits home. Studies have shown that excessive work leads to tremendous stress, which, by the way, is the number one cause of health problems. And overall, excessive work leads to a lower quality of life. So that, of course, begs the question. If that's true, we're adding stress, it's a huge health concern, we're lowering our quality of life, why do we overwork? Why do we pack our schedules? Why do we drive our kids from one activity to the next, crash into our sheets, and hit repeat the next day? It doesn't make sense, but it's kind of who we are. It's a deeply rooted element of humanity. It's this idea that if we work hard enough, one day, We'll be able to rest, whether it's in our success, our wealth, our friendships, our respect, our legacy, our kids, you name it. This idea that if we involve our kids in everything under the sun, they'll have a successful life. This idea that when we make mistakes, there always is a way to make amends if we work hard enough. But deep down, you and I know the truth. Even if you and I worked 168 hours a week, every day, every week, for the rest of our lives, it still wouldn't be enough. You and I still couldn't earn our rest. So when will we finally be able to release that breath we've been holding in? When will we finally have rest? 
truth is, we're not alone in that quest for rest, that struggle for a stress-free scene. The Israelites, a long time ago, 1400 BC, were searching for a tomb. It's here in the book of Leviticus that a rest is found that's better than a cruise, better than a day at the spa, better than your kids sleeping in. I'm just imagining, I can't see you obviously, but maybe you have a quizzical look on your face right now because you're remembering, wait a minute, we're talking about Leviticus. Where are we going to find that kind of rest in Leviticus and of all places in the Bible? I mean, only the Lord knows how many people have tried to read the whole Bible cover to cover and got to Leviticus and that's where the dream crashed and burned like a dumpster fire. But this book, it resonates so much with our overworked culture today. It really does. Just hear me out. If you ever read it, that book of Leviticus, you've seen all the laws about what to eat, what to wear, how to handle sickness, how to view sex, all these terms like clean or unclean, pure, or impure, common or holy. And you read all this. And if you're like me, I sit back and say, whoa, how could anyone keep track of all this? It sounds like so much work. I just take, for example, all the things just the high priest had to do on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. That's what it says. This is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. He must first bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred garments. So he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. Holy cow. All these steps to stay clean. All these steps to be able to worship God at their church, their big tent, the tabernacle. So much work, so much to do. Where do, they time, where do they find time to rest? And isn't that the big question for so many of us? And I'll be completely upfront with you. It's a big struggle for me a lot of the times. That question, where will we find time to rest? I think of my former boss, Matt, and his massive weekly desk calendar filled with scribbles and times. We put so many things on our schedule. And why is that? Why is it that we load up our calendar with things that we really don't need to do, but it looks better to not have that blank piece on that sheet of paper that is our calendar? Why is that? Well, deep down, we feel incomplete. We feel like we haven't achieved. We feel like we haven't arrived. And often we hope our busyness will help us finally feel good about ourselves or to show our value to others, but we haven't even gotten to who's whose viewpoint of us matters the most. Not how we view ourselves, not how other people view us, but someone else. I think you know who I'm talking about. See, when you read Leviticus and you see all these laws and restrictions and guidelines, it tells us something about our relationship with God. It takes a lot of work to be in his presence. Our sin envelops every single one of our billions of cells to the point that no amount of sweat-pulling effort and work can change who we are. Our sin makes us unclean and unholy before a perfect and holy Lord. It doesn't matter how hard we work. We have no ability to change that about ourselves. We can't metaphorically scrub ourselves clean from the sin that clings to us. We're infected inside and out. And on our own, we are destined to be isolated from God, impure and dying it. And this is what so often drives us to work as we take the steering wheel in the morning. This feeling that we're trying to climb a mountain. 
a mountain where we take one step forward and then fall to the bottom again. And it just feels like this never ending hamster wheel of life to mix metaphors. How then can we rest when we can't even take one step forward toward God? We needed to be covered. We needed someone to give us the rest we could never earn. We needed a scapegoat. We needed atonement. So this is a really cool fact. In the Hebrew Bible, chapter 16, it's at the very center of the book of Leviticus. In fact, it's at the very center of the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote. So Moses here, guided by the Holy Spirit, purposefully places this chapter right in the center, the focal point of everything he ever wrote, because this is the most important day. Can you picture yourself in that scene? Can you picture yourself in the dusty wilderness of Sinai with tumbleweeds hitting your ankles? As you take in the scene, you find yourself pressed shoulder to shoulder in a crowd of millions, all eyes looking on. Silence captures the significance of the moment. You peek through all the people, trying to figure out what's so intriguing, and you see your pastor and a goat. And you see him place his hands on its head, confess sin after sin, all the ways we haven't listened to God, all the ways we've hurt others and ourselves, all the things we've done wrong that we can never fix, and then you see him release the goat. It's taken far into the wilderness. As it finally leaves eyesight, a celebration breaks out. But why? Because the Israelites saw their sins disappear. Their sins transferred to that goat, never to be seen again, never to weigh them down again. They were gone. Atonement complete, rest finally given. See, atonement, it's one of those churchy words we don't use every day, but it captures a powerful facet of God's grace. Atonement basically means to pay a debt. On Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, here in Leviticus 16, the debt of sin we could never work hard enough to pay was paid. The blood sprinkled, there we go, on the Ark of the Covenant, the goat sent out into the wilderness. You see what they're pointing ahead to? Do you see Jesus? Do you see what true rest looks like? All the times. Our work has been subpar. All the times we've let work dominate our identity and take us away from our family when they need us most. All the times we've prioritized how our boss views us instead of how God views us. All the times we've let work dominate our thoughts even when we come through the front door at home instead of unplugging. All the times we've lost sleep trying to find a way to fix a relationship. We know we owe a debt of love to others and to the Lord. And we know it's impossible for us to pay it. It needs to be paid. And it was just not by you and me. It wasn't paid by blood being sprinkled in the Ark of the Covenant like on the first day of atonement. It wasn't taken away as we watched a goat walk out into the wilderness, but it did happen in the wilderness, outside the walls of a city. Not by a goat, but by a lamb. Can you see yourself in the crowd huddled in the wilderness? You watch a man being sent away, a man with chants behind him, crucify him, crucify him. Our Savior God going out of the city, sent out of the city, carrying all our sins away from us into the wilderness, just like that scapegoat from long ago, a broken, bleeding God hanging in front of you. It brings tears to your eyes, but not because of sadness, but joy. By faith, you see the cross and it finally It brings you peace. It gives you rest. You see your sins sent away as far as the east is from the west. Not by a goat, 
but carried away by the Lamb of God, Jesus himself, to a place no one will ever find. You can finally breathe again. You can stop asking, are they really gone? Are they really gone? They are. You can rest. You can lift that burden to prove yourself off your back. You can quiet that voice in you that tells you never amount to anything. You can release the pressure that is all on you to develop your kids. You can stop the sleepless nights of analyzing all the ways you messed up that day. Just stop. You can rest now. How can I possibly say that to you? Because your day of atonement happened on that first Good Friday. The shadow of stress that has long darkened and exhausted your life was blinded by the light of Jesus. That curtain of sin that for so long separated you from resting in the presence of the Lord has been torn in two from top to bottom. You can rest because you're forgiven. Jesus has done all the work. You don't need to make sacrifices. He was the once for all sacrifice. He's paid your debt to society. He says to you, come to me. I know you're tired. I know how fast-paced life is. I know how every minute counts. Put it all on me. Stop trying to be perfect. I already did that for you. Spend time with me. I'm begging you because I know how much you need it. Jesus locks eyes with you through the Bible and says, there is nothing I would rather do than sit down with you each day to give you the only lasting rest in the world. I, I know there are so many things taking up your time, but none of those things can give you what I can give you. Peace, joy, forgiveness, perseverance. I'm here for you. You can rest now. And it's just so hard to do that, right? For being honest, it's so hard to say no to the company golf outing to be in church on Sunday. It's so tough to not have your kids be involved in an activity that would take away your family devotions. It feels like a sacrifice, but it's really not. As the Christian you are, you know the rest you need. That's why in Leviticus, the Lord tells us lovingly that we need time with him. And and to do that, we need scheduled time to deny ourselves and not do any work, like Leviticus 16 says. We need to hear from Jesus just like we need water. In fact, even more so, right? We, We can't live without hearing his voice. You and I need rest. Not just physically or mentally, but most of all spiritually. So deny all those things holding you back from that rest with Jesus. If it means dropping that sport, not taking overtime, turning off the phone, or getting up 15 minutes earlier, it's so worth it. If it means having rest from this crazy life. Taking a break with the God who died and rose so you could find rest in him forever. It's so worth it. The rest we long for can only come from Jesus. And just imagine how resting in him could affect your view of life, how you bring up your kids, how you love your spouse and friends. Yes, even how you do your job. It all starts with that rest in him. Imagine living each day pressure-free because you know the love Jesus has for you. That's your life as a Christian. Pressure-free. Because by grace, you can release all that stress, pressure, and burden because Jesus has carried it for you already been forgiven and there's rest for you. You and I will never be selfish by saying no to things just to spend more time in the Bible and in prayer. There is nothing Jesus would rather do than spend time with you. The God of the universe always has an open calendar for you. You don't need to prove yourself to him or to anyone else. You belong to his family. He's done the work for you. Release it all to him. You can rest now. Amen.
It's such a joy for me to share the good news of Jesus with you through this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. God be with you as you live for him. And thank you again so much for listening to this. May God bless you in everything you do this week.